Hey everybody, welcome to the 17th episode of the Late Night Watch Talk podcast. As you can hear, I'm doing another Watch the Road episode where I drive around and talk to you about watches. So that means that I do not have an outline or notes in front of me, so if I misstate anything, my apologies. I'm uh, still getting over an illness, so I'll be editing out some coughing here and there, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, tonight I'm out and about. It has been forever since I've done a podcast. In fact, it's been so long that I have the opposite problem of what I normally have, and that is I have so much content that I could talk about that I've got to choose what, you know, what I'm going to talk about tonight. Like, I can only talk about so much. So this will be kind of maybe a catch-up, just a overview. Um, I know one story that I want to tell, but other than that, we'll be flying by the seat of our pants, so it should be pretty interesting. I've done a couple vacations, I think, since last time we spoke. Lots of watches have been added and removed from the collection. Just all kinds of stuff. So, what is on my wrist tonight? I am wearing one of my brand new pieces. This is a vintage A17A. And it's the first time I've ever seen an authentic A17 in person. I still haven't seen an A11 in person yet. Um, But yeah, this one is the real deal. My understanding is the A17A is a Korean War era watch. But it's the same proportions as the A11. So it's really tiny like the World War II watches. Uh, And it looks quite a bit like them. Uh, It's kind of like an upgrade to the A11s, is my understanding. So these watches have stainless steel cases instead of plated uh, base metal. Uh, And they did uh, coating on this, and I'm totally spacing on what that is called now. It's a treatment that's done to the metal to make it more um, corrosion resistance. Um, And I think, supposedly, it helps with the water resistance as well. But this particular watch has an amazing crystal on it. It's this huge, kind of domed slash boxed crystal. The edges the edges on it are smoother than a box crystal. So I guess it's more like just a huge domed crystal. And it's in excellent shape. It's been obviously been replaced. This is a watch from the 50s, so the crystal has been replaced. It looks like the dial has been redone also because it's in excellent shape. There are a couple scratches on it where it looks like the hands were crooked and like the hour hand scraped the dial just a touch above the six. And there's also a weird dimple down by the six there. Um, Almost like something, a screw or something kind of pushed into the back of the dial maybe. Uh, But the loom on the hands is totally intact, so it's, I'm guessing it's been relumed, especially since the loom is kind of a greenish color, if I remember right, wow, it's kind of dark in here so I can't see it, but yeah, it's like a greenish color, so that's been redone as well, so it's not a totally authentic watch, but, but yeah, it's, it's in experience, it's the real deal for sure, even though it's kind of been fixed up. You know, like when I'm wearing my pull router, it's been redialed as well because that dial's immaculate. But it still feels like I'm like the real deal. 
even though it's not quite 100% authentic, you know. To me, to me, this watch, like, has all the magic of a vintage watch, so. And, yeah, it's a little tank. And these A17s have huge uh, crowns on them. It's pretty wild. The strap that I bought for this is uh, one of the canvas olive drab straps. The can these canvas straps are just awesome. Unlike nylon, when they get wet, they don't expand. So if you get the strap wet, you don't have to tighten it up a hole, which is what I normally have to do. A whole hole, like another notch in, is how much those things will stretch. But these, I've had these on watches that have water resistance, and when they get wet, they're the same size. This watch, being so old, is not really going to see water. Um, I would be extremely nervous about how much it would leak. Uh, it's probably not water resistant at all anymore, but I think these originally were at least more water resistant than the A11s, I think. Or I could be making it all up. Who knows? But yeah, this is sort of my Hamilton khaki replacement, kind of. I sold that watch a bit ago. Uh, I'm not sure if I sold it before the last episode, so that might be news to you all, but I sold off the khaki field, and now its replacement is this little guy. And if I need a water-resistant, like, true tool watch, field watch, I've got the CWC G10 Sapphire. So, the first story that I want to tell tonight. So, at the time of this recording, Christmas is just a few days away. So, I figured I would tell a Christmassy story. And this one takes place shortly after Black Friday. My family and I decided to go to my favorite city and tool around one of my favorite malls and get some cocktails and dinner and do some Christmas shopping. And so when we got there, we were hitting a bunch of stores before going to dinner. And I there's a jewelry store there that I love to shop at because it they don't carry the usual fair of, of mall watches you know they it's not full of just full of like citizens and fossil and stuff that you see in typical jewelry stores in the mall this one has some rolexes on display i think they had some tutors in there and just all kinds of uh mid-tier and luxury watches and so i love going in there and checking out the cartiers Last time I went in there, they had a Cartier Tank Americaine in large, and I tried that one on. It was too big for me. At the time, I was just then starting to think that maybe I would save for one. So I talked to the salesman there about potentially, you know, once I have the funds for it, potentially having a medium-sized one shipped there so I could see it in person before I actually pull the trigger on it. And of course, that's totally doable. So this time around, I hit the Cartier booth, or the Cartier display, and they had a Tank Americaine medium in the store. So I waited, it was really busy, because, you know, just after Black Friday and Christmas shopping's coming up. So I waited, and someone came over and I tried it on. And the watch is brilliant. The size was absolutely perfect. Uh, the lugs looked weird to me, though. I don't know if it's just something I've never noticed before, or maybe I was used to tiny lugs in whatever vintage watches I was wearing at the time. But it looked like the lugs were sticking out, kind of like horns. It was really strange. 
huge. So I was kind of iffy about whether I would... I was already nervous about saving for this watch because in the past, I owned a Longines Dolce Vita men's automatic watch. And for some reason, I never really wore that watch. I mean, at the time that I bought it, I hadn't really gotten into vintage watches yet at all. But even then, when I got that watch, it was larger than I thought it would be. And it did have a date window, and I'm really weird. So just those two factors might have been why I never wore that watch. I really couldn't put my finger on it because I love the watch. It's absolutely gorgeous, but I just never wore it. So I was really nervous about the Tank Americane. Am I gonna be scraping and saving for a year or more and buy this watch and just not wear it as much as I should for the amount of money that I paid for it? That's why I've always been kind of iffy about whether I'm actually gonna go for one of those. But it did look brilliant. And I was still waiting for my family to get to the store. They were at a different part of the mall. And so I was looking at the other display cases and I saw a Longines Dolce Vita with a sub-seconds. So it's a quartz one, because I think all of the Dolce Vitas with sub-seconds are quartz. But that's what I had been looking for online because I was thinking it was just the date window that was a problem. And this one looked like it was smaller than the one that I owned. And with that sub-seconds, I was like, this watch is great. I need to get the uh, reference number on it. So, so I waited forever at this uh, display case. My family showed up and I was still waiting there for another 10, 15 minutes. But someone came over and pulled it out of the case and this one is actually considered a ladies watch, which is why I never found one online because I was searching for men's, quartz, Dolce Vita, and just nothing was coming up uh, in this style with the Roman numeral indices and stuff. But the size looked comparable to the Tank American Medium. So it didn't really bother me. I was like, this is the size that I want. I don't care what Longine describes it as, this is the size that I want. So I tried it on and it was absolutely amazing. Strangely enough, as brilliant and like number, I mean, they're, they're the pinnacle of tank watches, Cartier. But in strangely enough, I chose this. I liked this one more than the Tank American, which was really strange to me. You know, Cartier should be the obvious choice there, but this one looked absolutely brilliant. So I was thinking to myself, I have some money saved up for a telescope that I was gonna get, telescope, for a microscope that I was gonna get for when I finally gather enough tools to try my hand at doing watch servicing on a couple beater watches that I have sitting on the shelf. So I was thinking to myself, with that money in the bank, I may, because this is quartz, it may be cheaper than the other Dolce Vita, I may be able to buy this right now and I'll be able to wear it to dinner because we hadn't gone to dinner yet. So I was super excited until I saw the price. Yeah, this is not at all cheaper than the automatic version of it. Uh, so that was sad. I There was no way I was going to be able to purchase it right then and there, but I figured I would go home and check out the gray market because a lot of times you'll be able to get like essentially 50% off just by shopping the gray market. So I took down the reference number 
and we finished shopping, had some amazing Mexican food at our favorite restaurant there, amazing mezcal cocktails, and I went home and started hunting, and it turns out that these actually hold their price pretty well. On a site where I normally get some pretty decent discounted prices, I think it was 10% off is all, but there were still some lingering Black Friday coupon codes out there, and so if I used one of those and that 10% off, I had just enough to get it. I would just have to really watch my gas usage for the next week or so. So I ordered it. Now, I had decided that this watch was going to be the 1,000 subscribers uh, celebratory watch because a few months ago on YouTube, my channel surpassed 1,000 subscribers. I had tried to purchase a watch to celebrate it earlier, like shortly after it happened. I tried getting a Hamilton Ventura, and I'm not sure if I told the story already on the podcast. If not, or if you haven't heard that, I'll briefly go over that. I ordered it, paid through PayPal, and I got a gray market, so it was a reasonable price. Normally, they're way too expensive, especially with their mineral crystals and stuff. But I ordered it through PayPal and didn't even notice that somehow PayPal did not default to my address. It defaulted to my previous address. And I didn't even notice. So I was waiting, waiting for the watch to show up and all of a sudden it said that it was delivered, but it was nowhere. And I called the company and they said it was delivered and I was telling him I hadn't received it. So I was telling that story to my wife and I was like doing like an address check just to see if something funky, maybe there, I know when I first moved into this house, address validation was not good because it was a newer neighborhood. So I actually couldn't place an order online because it thought that the address was incorrect. And when I was punching it in, I was doing a typo. I was leaving out a number. And when my wife pointed that out, it dawned on me, oh no, what if the address is wrong? So I pulled up the order and sure enough, there was my old address. So I panicked, jumped in the car and drove to my old house and knocked on the door. And the owner was there and I asked him if he got a box. There was some confusion but I kind of showed him, I, or no, I didn't show him the size of the box. He showed me, which kind of confirmed that he did receive it because uh, that's about how big the box would have been. He said that he shipped it back. So I was waiting and waiting and it took forever and I was kind of freaking out. I'm like, did he really send it back? Did he send it to the wrong place? If they never receive it, I'm out a lot of money or a decent amount of money and... Uh, I kept calling them like every couple days or something. They probably have a comment on my account about how annoying I am. But finally, like I think a month later, it finally arrived and I did end up getting a refund for that. So I kind of gave up on the idea of a celebratory watch until this one. And then I was like, hey, I'll just say this is it. And, you know, chalked up the Ventura to being a cursed watch ordered this one. A couple days later, I checked my order status to see if it had shipped out, and it said that 
something had gone wrong and I didn't have my order placed. At that point, I was like, maybe the whole thousand subscriber thing is where the curse is. Because now I can't get it because I, I don't know if they'll let me use that coupon code. So I called them the next day and the order did go through, actually. Something weird on the website. So, so that was pretty cool. I was able to order this watch so soon after trying it on in the store that it felt like I actually bought it at that store. Like, I, it's tied with the memories of spending time with the family, good food and stuff in my favorite city. Oh, and we had our young adult uh, sons with us, and we decided we were going to make them get Santa pictures because it's been like, I don't know, 10 years or something crazy. And we, But we weren't going to tell them until we were getting in line for it. That was good times. So if you ever want to help your young adult children channel their youthful years, you know, of pouting and whatnot, this is a perfect way to do it. It was so great because they were all just like, oh, do we have to? Yes, you definitely do. So, yeah, this watch is amazing. Just having that case size dialed in and not having a complication that personally bothers me. I've been wearing this watch pretty much ever since I got it. Like the first couple weeks it was on my wrist nonstop, even though I had stuff coming in. And it wasn't until this A17 arrived that it's been kind of doing 50-50. So half the time I've got the Dolce Vita on, the other half I have this amazing little uh, A17A on my wrist. Hopefully I didn't call it an A11. We'll find out when I go to editing, but both of these watches are just absolutely brilliant, and I feel like I'm going to be honeymooning with them for quite some time. So as I mentioned, I've gone on a couple vacations since the last episode, and the first one was a few months ago. The weather was still nice and everything. And that was a trip that my family took um, going down Route 66 to celebrate the high school graduation of my youngest son. And we flew into New Mexico and we're gonna make our way down Route 66 West all the way to the end of the Mother Road at the Santa Monica Pier. And I feel like if I do this trip again, I would if I was to do it over, I would go the opposite direction. I would start at the Santa Monica Pier and I would stay a night there. And then I would work my way east. And just like we did on our trip, I would stay in New Mexico for like three days. So we flew into New Mexico. We were staying at the... Uh, the problem is this has been a little while now. So I'm going to forget like some of the details. I think we we're at the El Vado motel right on route 66 it still has a functioning neon sign all old school and stuff and that was a super cool motel in fact i brought my equipment and did a video there i did a video on um the cheapest nato fiasco where somebody uh trademarked the word nato and forced cheapest nato to change their name essentially yeah, so that was fun to film. We spent a bunch of time in old Albuquerque. 
so I got to try some of the green and red chili. Absolutely amazing. It was a green and red chili stew. And had I known how good that was, I would have ordered two of them, and that would have just been my main course. Uh, but I brought a ton of watches with me. I mainly brought pieces that I thought were kind of fun and quirky, but then I also brought the Serica 5303 and the CWC uh, G10 Sapphire for, you know, if we were hanging out in pools or anything like that, or hiking around outside, something a little bit more rugged than a dress watch. And I also brought, let me see if I can recall now, I brought the Olympos mystery dial because it's funky and yeah just kind of quirky I also brought the space view and I'm trying to remember the last one I think I might let me think oh I brought the Juvenia watch that was a gift to the channel from one of the viewers yeah that's right and I think there might have been even one or two other pieces, but even shortly after the vacation, I kind of forgot exactly what pieces I brought um, and just had too many pictures to go back through them all to find out that way. But yeah, it was it was pretty interesting because it was very hot. So there was a lot of like just, you know, sweaty watch watch straps and I started out wearing the Space View and then the Olympos and a couple times I wore the Serica because we went hiking around uh, looking at rock paintings or rock markings and stuff. We also did all of the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul places there. Yeah, we went to, I'm totally spacing on the restaurant's name right now restaurant that was in both the shows and that was super cool because we sat down to eat breakfast and we were looking at pictures from the shows because I was trying to picture it I didn't recognize it immediately so my oldest looked up a picture and it turns out I was sitting in the exact place that Saul was sitting in an episode and it's really weird just how exciting that was that was super cool because uh, personally, I like Better Call Saul a little bit more. But that's just me. But yeah, we also hit the Grand Canyon. Uh, we went into the Grand Canyon Caves, I think they were called. Because it was assumed that they went all the way to the Grand Canyon, something like that. These are the caves where there's a hotel room in the caves. Which is super cool. And kind of weird. Because the hotel doesn't have walls. It's just like a hotel laid out in the middle of a cave. And so when tours are running, they can just see you hanging out in your hotel room, quote room. In fact, when we did our tour, there was a couple that had just arrived and took the elevator down to the hotel, probably about 15 minutes or something before we started our tour. And so when we were going around, they were just getting settled into the hotel room as we were walking by. But the tours, I think, stop at around, like, 5 in the evening or something like that and start up at 7. Something like that. So, when the tours aren't going, you have the caves to yourself. I would love to stay in those. We actually pondered it a bit, but it's pretty spendy and, 
Yeah, it just didn't happen. But it would be awesome to stay there. But as the trip went on, I found that I was wearing the CWC almost exclusively. Because, I mean, I, f I feel like our vacation got kind of more hectic as it went on. When we were in Albuquerque, it was pretty chill. We were there for three days. So we just kind of tooled around doing stuff and seeing stuff every day. But as it went on, it was like short stops here and there. So we'd have a, an overnight here and a bunch of driving and trying to see as much as we could. And then staying one night somewhere else and just constantly moving. So as that kind of picked up its pace, I just didn't even really ponder changing watches. It was really weird. Usually, I'm kind of like in the morning thinking, you know, what do I want to wear today? But as that trip went on, I was just in default mode wearing the CWC, which worked out great in the really high heat and stuff like that. It's really pretty comfortable on the NATO strap and stuff. Oop, not to use the uh, copyrighted word there. Oh no. Um, but yeah, with that strap on it, even when you're sweaty and stuff, it just feels comfortable. And that watch is such a rugged beast of a watch that it was perfect. So that was an absolutely amazing trip. It was so cool to pull into Santa Monica because you almost feel like because of how you got there, you're like in a different world from the people around you. You know, people that flew in and are staying there in a hotel for a few days or doing a road trip and they show up there. But we show up there and we're like, we've just traveled for days down this one old road. You know, obviously you have to hop on and off of it because it's not intact in places, but anywhere possible. We were going on Route 66 itself and we were actually using paper maps and books to guide us because it's just too tough to, you know, know where to go when you're using maps on a phone or something. So we followed a guide that was really helpful and gave us pointers on things to see. Um, oh, that's right. In the town that inspired cars, and I totally forget the name of that town. Uh, we pulled into that town and there was like a huge crowd at the milkshake place where they have like weird flavored milkshakes and stuff. So we parked and we're kind of going down one side of the town, turning around and going, just doing a loop, right? So we took a right and we saw some of the cars stuff and some old gas stations and cool stuff like that. And then we turned around and started going down the other side of the street toward the milkshake place. Uh, Cause we were gonna get some funky flavor. And when we got there, we found out that the uh, big Route 66 statue that they have out there actually normally isn't there. And they had just wheeled it out because they had just broken the Guinness Book of World Records for the most flavors sold in a day or something. The most unique flavor, most different flavors sold in a day. So we were in line and we got to see the plaque that they got. The owner was out there showing it off. They were giving away free t-shirts and stuff. Sadly, when we got up to the front, all the weird flavors were gone. So it was just down to, you know, normal milkshake flavors. I think I got kind of a cookies and cream flavor or something like that. Um, 
but that was super cool to see that place. So we got to meet some locals while we were waiting in line and chat with them a bunch. It was really cool. But anyway, back to Santa Monica. Yeah, it just felt like we were kind of in a totally different world. Like we emerged back to reality from this other place, you know, because most of it is just kind of desert looking and just foreign to us. But yeah, it was pretty cool. There was a booth right there at the end of Route 66 on the pier. And we chatted with the guy that worked there. Um, oh yeah, because we also got to meet the godfather of Route 66. And I'm so sorry that I'm forgetting all these names and stuff. Um, but yeah, the godfather of Route 66, the guy that like revived um, whatever town that was. I'm going to have to revisit this and actually give you guys some real details. I don't have any notes before me, so I'm just spacing off. I think his name is Angel, I think. Yeah. Well, he was there with his wife, and we got to meet him. I think he's like 90 years old or something crazy, and we got photos with him. Nicest people ever. Super cool. But yeah, that trip was absolutely amazing. Like, I would have never thought that just traveling down an old road that's not really there anymore and the sites are that are still there most of them were just kind of run down um i didn't realize just how cool that would be like when i think of route 66 i always say to myself it would be cool to see it back in its heyday that would just be absolutely amazing when there are crowds of people going down route 66 and there's all the crazy sites along the way are new and exciting but going down Route 66 now is still absolutely amazing. And that's a trip that I'll never forget. Even though I've forgotten some of the details. But, yeah. Another trip that I took, my wife and I got away by ourselves and went to Salem, Massachusetts. I've never been on the East Coast, so that was a super exciting trip. And it was crazy seeing buildings that were that old. On that trip, I took a brand new vintage Certina that I have. This watch is just amazing. It has kind of a bubble crystal on it and a silvery dial. And the markers on it kind of give it like a crosshair look because it has the 12, 6, 3, and 9 really prominent on there. And, uh, and it also has kind of a different uh, shiny edge around the uh, edge of the dial there which I absolutely love like uh, clearly I love the pole router and stuff like that so this one kind of had similar aesthetics to the pole router with not although not really having those at all even so it's thinner the the different texture around the edge of the dial is a lot thinner than on the pole router um, but yeah that watch is just gorgeous I took that one on that trip. I think I took the Max Bill on that trip also. But really, no point in wearing, you know, I could have just thrown on like any watch because we spent the whole time so bundled up because it was freezing cold. We're definitely gonna have to go back when it's warmer. But yeah, we saw the House of the Seven Gables and some other oh the witch house we took a couple tours and uh ate a bunch of amazing food um yeah salem was super fun 
and I got a chance to uh, get the Certina out there on a vacation, which is really cool. That watch was surprisingly inexpensive. Certinas are one of those brands where when you're looking for vintage pieces, they're, they're usually like at least a couple hundred dollars. So, so if you're hoping to find like, you know, a hundred dollar vintage watch, Certina is not really a brand for that. I mean, every now and then you could find like a really nice Hamilton or something like that for those, you know, hundred dollar price. But I feel like Certina I usually see around like maybe 300 or more. Uh, I could be wrong. It's been a little while since I've looked them up, but... But yeah, this one was, I think it was around a hundred, something like that. Yeah. And circling back to this A17, this watch, I kind of was one of those instances where I sort of accidentally won the auction and I really need to stop doing this. When I found this watch, it was at a price where I'm like, there's no way this watch is gonna sell for this price. These vintage, field watches, the A11s and stuff, usually go for like pretty high prices, like a minimum of 500 and those are usually really beat up. This one looked pretty nice, so I figured there's absolutely no way it's going to go for less than like maybe a thousand is what I was thinking. So I figured I would just put out a, put out a bid on it and, uh, yeah, I ended up winning, so it went for cheaper than I usually see these. But maybe the A17s, because they're newer, they're from the 50s, not the uh, 40s, maybe they go for cheaper, maybe they're not quite as in demand as the A11s are. I mean, the A11 is the watch that won the war, right? So, definitely a rock star watch. I'll have to look and see if I actually got this for kind of a normal a17 price but but I'll take it uh, for me that price was absolutely perfect especially given the condition of the watch and it's exciting seeing one of these in the flesh so I am just about to my destination so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode a lot of uh, story and vacation talk kind of light on the watch content I apologize for that but I've gotten you caught up, and I'm hoping to post um, podcasts more regularly. I really need to get back into it. So if nothing else, I'll be doing, hopefully, Watch the Road-style episodes. Uh, if I have anything to talk about, hopefully once a week. Um, if there's nothing going on or I don't have any topics, I'm not going to bore you. But uh, my goal is to put out a podcast once a week just chatting with you about watches so all right thanks for listening and i'll talk to you guys in the next one bye shortly after i recorded the podcast i totally remembered the name of the restaurant so the restaurant where i was sitting right where saul was is loyola's and they made the best breakfast food that we had on our entire trip in fact, I gauged everything that we ate breakfast-wise against Loyola's. So I had the Loyola scale, with Loyola's being at five and everything else falling somewhere just short of that. 
by a point or two. So if you find yourself in Albuquerque, New Mexico, definitely eat there. That place was super good. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>